Thank you for listening to this message from Lifehouse Church. Hey, listen, turn to somebody right now, give them a high five, tell them God's good. Give God some glory right now. Tell them God is good. Give them a high five, shake their hand, give them a nod, whatever you got to do. Poke them if they're sleeping, poke them. All right, get them up. Um, God is good. It's good to have you here at Lifehouse this morning. Uh, we do want to give a shout out to the East Shore Campus. They are doing a pre-launch. If you don't know what that is, um, we're getting ready to launch October 15th. Officially launch at campus every single Sunday morning. They'll be meeting together. Right now they're meeting on Thursdays doing Bible study. And we have some pre-launch services to get ready. How many know we don't want to invite the general public in and for the first time do church, right? Uh, we want to get that all, all the bugs worked out. So they're up there right now um, having service, and um, they're going to be bringing the recording in, and we're excited about what God's doing there. Um, he's unearthing things and um, shaking that community, and we love it. Uh, it's, been, it's been a journey of like casting seed. I, how many know when you cast seed, you don't see a plant pop up right away, right? You got to uncover the dirt, you got to throw in the seed, and then you got to cover it back up, and you got to wait a while. You got to let God do his work, and that's what we've been doing. We've just been planting, watering, and um, God's, but we're already beginning to see increase. So just keep that campus in prayer. We're excited about what's going to take place on October 15th. It's an exciting thing. Amen? Amen. If you want to know more about that, um, please see us. And some of you, I believe God's going to move on your heart to go up and be part of the launch team there. Uh, for a period of time to help that campus get moving and, and rolling. And uh, if you want to know what that's all about, again, just see one of the pastors, and we'd love to talk to you about that. Well, how many this morning would like to hear some good news for a change? Yeah. Amen? Yeah, good. I brought some with me. Uh, a study that was done by the Barna Group, and if you've ever heard of Barna, they do a lot of... Uh, polling, and they do a lot of research, and it's very extensive research, and they found this out about across four generations, Generation Z, which is 11 to 26. Listen, if you're from Generation Z, raise your hand, give a woot woot, okay? 11 to 26-year-olds, come on, raise your hand in here if you're between the ages of 11 and 26. We got a couple. I didn't even hear a woot woot. Millennials, largest generation on the face of the planet, 27 to 42, raise your hand, okay? Give a woot woot, look at them, they're millennials. They're everywhere, okay? Generation X, which is the generation I'm from, 43 to 58-year-olds, okay? We're the smallest generation. Woo, woo, I got a mic, okay? <clears throat> All right, and then the baby boomers who are from uh, 1955 to 1964, and they're 59 to 68 years old. If that's you, raise your hand. All right, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, boomers, you are the second largest generation on the face of the planet uh, currently. But out of these four generations, they began to ask some questions about spirituality and, and spiritual things. And across the board, between 70 and 80% of Americans would like to grow spiritually. Across the board in the generations, 70 to 80% believe in the supernatural dimension. 70 to 80% believe in God or a higher power. There is a spiritual curiosity that is alive and well in the United States of America. More than 75%, seven to eight people out of 10 are looking for the spiritual, looking for a higher power, are curious about God. Americans do believe in, in the spiritual. And how many know that's good news? That is good news because we have the answer. 
We've got Jesus. We can talk to them. And in light of this spiritual curiosity, you know, we want to be ready with spiritual answers. We want to be able to answer the questions that they have. We want to be able to articulate the truth about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, because God's the answer, Jesus is the answer uh, to what they're looking for. Uh, I should be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within me. The thing that, that burns within me um, and following God, I should be ready to have that answer. I should be able to not only express, but model true spirituality. What, uh, I, I, I want to give them what they're hungry for. I want to hand it to them. So almost 80% of Americans, virtually in every generation category, are, ser- are seeking spiritual direction. That's good news. It really is. That should excite us. That should embolden us just a little bit. It should encourage us um, to know and exercise, right, our spiritual stuff. I'm just going to put it together like that, our spiritual stuff. And, and I'm, not, I'm not just talking about head knowledge stuff, okay? When I'm talking about spiritual stuff, uh, I'm not talking about who can quote the most scriptures, right? Uh, I, back when I was young, you used to have Bible wars or sword wars or they call it all kind of crazy names, all right? Who could give the most scripture, right? Who, and I'm not just talking about Bible theology and things that come out of our head or, or who, can, who can rip off the Roman road of salvation, right? All the scriptures for the Roman road of salvation. People want living, breathing truth, proof of spiritual existence. And, and the neat thing is, is that um, the good news is that Jesus came and, and, and he is the proof, but he is the proof in us. People want to experience spirituality and how they're going to experience something spiritual is in us, the followers of Jesus Christ. Um, people are chasing paranoia, paranoia, uh, paranoia, I can't even say it, paranormal, all right? Uh, man, I don't know where that came from, all right? They're chasing it. They really are, right? Did you ever see the, the movie or the videos on TV or the, the TV shows and the videos online, right? They're walking. They always got these little flashlights, and they're walking into a, a haunted house, right? And looking for orbs of light that are flying around. They're looking, they're looking for something that goes bump in the night, right? And that's spiritual things. They're, they're after the spiritual things. But poke your neighbor right now. Say, listen, you're the paranormal they're looking for. You're the paranormal, Come on, if you know Jesus, you're the paranormal they're looking for. You're the orb of light that they're wanting to see, right? They're the, I don't know if you're the thing that goes bump in the night, but, but you know, it is light and it is life. Jesus follows our, God called us to be the carriers of light. He called us to be the spiritual legs and hands in the world around us. This is good news that people are searching and they want to experience the spiritual. They don't want to just hear about it. They don't want to just hear another sermon or another lecture or another word from somebody. They want to experience it. How many know experiencing is an awesome thing, right? Uh, it's a very different thing to read about flying in a plane and then to actually fly in the plane itself, right? Those are two very different things. If you ask any 15-year-olds, are any 15-year-olds in the house right now? If you're 15, raise your hand. I mean, no, anybody that's 15, it's a very different thing to read about driving a car and then actually driving the car, right? Uh, it's, a, it's one thing to smell the steak. It's another thing to eat the steak. Uh, it's one thing to talk and hear about God's presence, his power, and, and experience something that's powerful from God. And it's a whole other thing to experience. It's one thing to read. It's another thing to experience. And eight out of 10 of Americans are looking for spiritual proof. 
They're looking for a higher power. They're looking for somebody that's going to show them um, really the truth of what is beyond us. And I think it would be interesting. I just think it would be interesting if we were the spiritual proof that they bumped into. I think it would be awesome if they noticed uh, a bit of the supernatural of Jesus within us. I think it would be tremendous, right? If people experienced um, not just intellectual, but actually sensing the presence of God in us. And I'm not talking about being spacey, freaky, or weird. How many ever met spacey, weird, freaky people, right? That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about authentic spiritual move of God in our lives, right? So how do we make sure that others are bumping into something spiritual as they bump into us as the carriers of the gospel, as the, as the representation, as the ambassadors of Jesus Christ? How do we make sure that, that they're experiencing that? Uh, how do we make sure that their spiritual curiosity uh, it, it, you know, peaks and, and they want to follow us around? And, and, and you could ask that question, and some of you are thinking, well, you got to take a 46-part you know, series uh, you know, a class to learn all that. But I think the answer is simple. I think um, in God's word, it's simple and clear how we get to the place in our own lives where people are sensing, uh, they sense the spiritual going on in our lives. And I think it's, it's, it's simple enough that if you engage in this, it kind of automatically happens. How many like automatic, right? We got stuff all over our house that's programmed to turn on and turn off. I love automatic. I don't even got to hit the button. If you engage in the right thing spiritually, I think it happens automatically. And it's this one thing, it's worship. Say worship. Worship. Turn to somebody, tell them worship. Preach at them this morning, okay? Worship. Worship. It's all about worshiping God. True, authentic worship of God. Treasuring God above all things. Looking to God as Lord and as God and as holy and as Savior. Worshiping the one who should be exalted. Jesus said this in John chapter 12, verse 32. He said, he said something that was simple but profound. In John 12, 32, he said, and I, and he was talking about himself, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. When he spoke those words, there was a twofold meaning in what he was saying. And and the first part of that is this was before he went to the cross. This was before he would die. And and he was speaking of his death. He was speaking that one day he would be put on a cross. He would be nailed to a tree and that he would be crucified and that he would die. And and they would put him into the ground and they would bury him. He would resurrect from the grave. He would go to the right hand of the Father. He would send the Holy Spirit. He said, if I am lifted up, and he was talking about physically on that cross, if I am lifted up, I will draw all people unto me. But there was a secondary meaning in that scripture. If I am lifted up, if we lift up the name of Christ, if we worship God, if we lift him up, do you know what happens in the spiritual realm? People start to draw to him. And that's us lifting him up. It's us exalting the name of Christ. It's us. Why do you think the enemy works so hard to keep you from worshiping God? Why do you think the enemy works so hard to distract you from engaging in any kind of worshipful time with the Lord? Why do you think he engages in in getting your mind off in circumstances and things that are going on around you? You know, getting you all wrapped up emotionally or reacting some way in emotion. Why do you think he does that? 
Because it pulls you away from worship. It pulls you away from lifting up God. And as soon as you begin to lift up God, and as soon as you engage in worship in your own life, the Word of God says that all people begin to draw to Christ, not to me, right? It, hey, listen, it is not my magnetic personality that brings people to the life house. It really isn't. I know. It's shocking, right? It's not, my, it's not my charisma, right? It's not my intellectual prowess that everybody comes in the door, you know, and, and they want to come to Lifehouse. Listen, even if you're good at all those things, you're gonna, you're gonna, you might inspire people for just a little while. Then they're going to go out the door. They're going to go to Brewster's and get an ice cream, right? And it's going to be over. But if God is being glorified in our lives, if we are lifting him up, he begins to draw. His presence begins to move, and it is in that worship. And I know it sounds too simple, right? But, but what happens is, is you begin to worship. God kind of leaks out of you. I, I, I don't know how else to put it, right? I don't know if you've ever seen some of these little sprayers that are around right now. And, uh, we got one of those ones that you hook up, and, and, and the pressure builds up, and it just spritzes out, right? That's kind of what happens when you start worshiping God. When you start worshiping uh, God on a regular basis in your own personal life, people get near you, and they're like, what's going on? Right? It's something spraying on me, right? It's just God squirting out of you. And, and, and it's God's presence. And, and that's what it's really like. And Jesus said, if you lift me up, don't worry about having to draw them in. You're not going to have to have all the scripture memorized just perfectly. He said, I will draw them unto me, right? It's worship. It's worship. It's worship that moves me closer to God. It's worship that brings me into the spiritual realm. It, it's worship that brings others into the spiritual realm that draws them. And I know it sounds simple. I know it sounds like it's, it's something that should have 46 different steps to it, and you should attend at least 14 different classes. I know it sounds like it, but it's not. It is worshiping God that slides me from the natural to the supernatural. It moves me from this realm to the next realm. I don't know if you know this, but heaven and earth kind of intersect. There's different realms that intersect. And when you begin to worship, they overlap one another. It's not like God's way out there somewhere and we're just here. They overlap. But when you engage in worship, you start to step from this realm into the next. You start to step from this realm, the natural realm, into God's realm. Understand this. God wants to be near us. And we got to engage in worship. And engage in spiritual, worshipful activity. And, and the reason we have to do that is because God is spirit. He's spirit. John 4, 24 says this. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and truth. God is spirit. And those who, you can't get to him from the natural. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. There's nothing spiritual happening in me unless I'm worshiping God in spirit and in truth. If all I'm get engaged in is in the natural that's going on around me. How many know we got plenty of natural every day, right? You wake up to the natural. You're looking at the natural. You're staring at the natural. You get up and you naturally think, I really need to clean my house this morning, right? I really need to go to work this morning. I got all these guys. I've got children who eat. They want to be fed this morning, right? Some of you are like, oh, that happens every day, all day long, right? And you know, there's lots of natural going on around us. But if I don't engage in worship in the middle of all the natural, I just get stuck in the natural. I just get drunk. How many know the natural will suck the life out of you? Amen? 
Them children are sucking the life out of you. Just go ahead and say amen. It's true, right? They need everything because that's what kids do. That's what they need. And, and what happens is if we don't engage in worship, we begin to drain. And all we get caught in is, is the natural. If your only spiritual act of worship is coming to here on Sunday mornings, it's not enough. You're not going to get enough. You're not going to get enough of God to even spritz, right? You barely get, you get out the door and a spritz will be gone. That's it. You'll be dried up for the rest of the week. You got to worship. You got to engage. And it might be in the middle of the natural, whatever you're doing. It, you know, it might be in the middle uh, of what's going on. And, and if you gauge in, listen, my na- it, it, it's not about the environment. We, and I know we set environment. And this is odd coming from me because I'm all about our environment being right. But and we set an environment. But it's not the environment that makes you worship. When you come into this house, just because the music's good, that doesn't necessarily mean you'll worship, right? Just because we get the lights just right, right? We get them to the right level or the right color uh, of lights up on the stage or, or, or uh, the right taste of coffee, <laughs> right? That doesn't make you worship. It might point you towards God, and that's what we do. When you come, we put things on the wall, like love God, love people every day, which we believe in. We put those things up so that it points you towards God, but it will not cause you to worship. No matter how good the music is, no matter how soft the seat is, no matter how good the lighting is, none of that's going to make you worship. You, you, right? It, it's not the environment. It comes from within. Here's the thing. You, you can walk in, and my environment, my natural stuff may help me focus on God. But if I'm worshiping, if I got a heart of worship, it, my environment doesn't even matter. I get in the middle of a total mess, and nothing's right. And you'll still worship God, right? you got to worship. got to move towards His presence. God is spirit. And when we come to a spiritual God, we cannot come in the natural we got to come in the spirit. When, when, when God um, brought Moses uh, out, when he called him out of the backside of the desert, and he said to go to deliver a, people, a group of people who were enslaved um, right from Egypt, he had to bring Israel out of Egypt. They were enslaved, and he does that. He does it in obedience. He does it in a spectacular way. It's, it actually was God. God performs 10, 10 miracles, and, and the Egyptians finally let these, these group of slaves, which is a million-plus people, loose, and, and they go into the wilderness, and, and Moses is leading them. And God tells Moses, you need to go up on the mountain. I'm going to give you some instruction. And when he goes up onto the mountain, he gives them 10 commandments. And do you know what the first two commandments are? I'm going to read about it, Exodus 20 and 1, right? The Ten Commandments. We, most of us have heard about that. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Do you know what that means? Your focus, your worship is first on God. You will have nothing else in front of me. And number two, you shall not make for yourselves a carved image of any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations to those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. His first two commandments were you don't worship anything else. If you're going to worship, you worship me. If you're going to get close to God, he's got to be first place. He will not share space with your worship. Whatever your first place thing is in your life is probably what you're worshiping. 
He will not, he, he won't, he won't share uh, space with it. He's not okay with us bowing to everything else or anything else. He, want, he said, first two things he told him, you're going to keep me before you. You got to worship me. I am the Lord, your God. That's what he said, right? I, 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 if I'm going to get to a spiritual God, if I'm going to minister and, and have a spiritual a generation who's looking for the spiritual, I got to live a life of worship. I got, I got reminded of this this week. Man, I preached this all over me first before I got to you. So just know that, all right? So how do I stay? How do I stay in a constant state of worship, right? How do I get there? Well, I, I believe it's this. You got to have an accurate understanding of God's true nature and his worth. You've got to have an accurate appraisal of God. Now, I don't know if you've ever gotten an appraisal done, but some, if you're going to sell a house or actually if you're going to buy a house, you'll have to get an appraisal done of the house. And what they'll do is they'll send somebody out and they'll, they'll compare it to other places right in the neighborhood and they'll walk through it and they'll see what kind of finishes are in the house and what kind of work was done in the house and the structure of the house. And they'll come up with an appraisal. And they'll give a value, a net worth of the house. This is what it's worth. They do the same thing with a car when you're going to trade your car in. How many know when you trade your car in, it's not worth 10 cents, right? When you go to buy it, it's worth a million dollars. That's how it works. But they'll, they will. They'll come in and do an appraisal when you go into the car dealership. And they're, they're going to say, well, that car is worth X amount of dollars. And if you're going to worship God, you got to get a right appraisal of who God is. You got to get a right appraisal of what he's worth in your life. You got to understand his net worth. Because if you don't got a hold of that, you won't worship very long. You, when the environment ends, you'll stop worshiping God, right? And, and you got you to you gotta understand his value. We don't worship what we don't understand. We don't worship what, what we don't believe is greater than us. We won't worship what we don't love. We won't worship what doesn't hold first place in our life life. We won't worship what we don't revere. We won't worship what we don't trust. We won't worship what we believe is powerless. We won't worship uh, some, someone or something that does, we don't think has our best interest at heart, right? We, we just won't worship something that doesn't have any value. We, worship, uh, we won't worship God if we don't have an accurate appraisal of who he is. If our appraisal gets all jacked up, right? If our God numbers are off when we're looking at God, you won't worship him. You'll, you'll, you'll just go on to something else in the natural. We'll just kick on over into something else. John Piper said it this way, true worship is based on a right understanding of God's nature, and it is a right valuing of God's worth. If you're not worshiping God, it's a good chance that your appraisal's messed up, that you don't really understand God's worth, right? How many know, what do you do with something that you don't think is valuable? What do you do with it? Now, there's been yard sales going everywhere. I just seen just throw it away, all right? Sell emotion right back, you just throw it away, right? That's what you do with something that's not valuable, right? You throw it right in the trash can. There's yard sales going on all over the place. I don't know, people yard sell around here like it's their job. Uh, there's always yard sales everywhere, right? And you go to a yard sale. What happens at the end of the yard sale, right? It goes on for two or three days, and when the yard sale's done, you just drive by the house, and what's, what's going on? Everything's out at the curb, right? It's free, yeah. It's at the free. How many, why do they put something that they paid $200 for like three years ago, right? For free at the end of the driveway because they don't see value in it anymore. There's no value in what they're putting out at the road. 
And, and, and sometimes as a pastor, I scratch my head. I'm like, I cannot understand for the life of me why people who don't know Jesus can't see the value of Jesus. He's everything. He is life. He's like, and I'm like, what? I don't get it. Like he's savior. He'll keep you. He'll give you an inheritance, eternity. He's your light in life now. And I'm scratching my head like, why don't they see that? Do you know why? They, can't, they don't understand his value. To them, it's not valuable. You, 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 you have to have a right appraisal of God before you'll start to worship God. I, I used to watch, Dixie and I used to watch a TV show once in a while. It was, it was the Antique ro- a Road Show. Anybody ever watch that, right? Yeah, and, and, and you get sucked into that because you want to see what the next thing's going to bring, right? They, and how it works is there's an appraiser, right, that comes out, but somebody brings in something. They got a little vase or they got a picture or they got something that's been in their attic for 45 years, right? And they bring in, they, they're smiling in front of the TV and the appraiser walks in and they're just hoping it's worth something. You know, and sometimes the appraiser comes in, he's like, well, you know, this is this and this is that and it's worth $3.62, you know, like, oh. And they try not to show sadness, like, yes, this means a lot to me. But they're really here to find out how much it is, right? Or they'll say, this is worth $10,000. And they're like, huh. you know, ding, ding. And I've seen stuff go on this for like a half a million bucks. And I've seen stuff that's just ugly. Honestly, it's just ugly. And I thought if that was in my attic, I'd throw that in the trash. I'd throw it away. It's worth a half a million dollars. And I'd throw it in the garbage. That's what people do with Jesus. That's what they do with Christ. One of these days, they're going to come to the end of their life, and and they're going to step before the King of kings and Lord of and they're going to see his true worth because they're going to be there physically. And that's who they're going to realize they said at the trash. You got to know his worth. You got to understand what he's worth. You got to know that he is the Savior. You got to know that he is love and that he is light, that he is the ultimate judge, that he is the ruler of the earth, that he is the redeemer, that he is the provider, that he is the true and coming king, that he is the wheel and the wheel, that he is the bright and morning star, that that he has your eternity in his hand, that he has a great inheritance for you. When you begin to understand that, when you get a hold of that, when you understand that it is his infinite worth, of God in your life, you will worship. You don't care about the lights. You don't care about the music. It could be good, bad, or something in between, right? We worship. I'm getting ready to close. Zach, if you you come. Jesus said this in two places in, in, in Matthew. In Matthew 13, 44, super short scriptures, he said this. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. This is a man who will worship. He looks at God, and he sees. He's got a right appraisal of God, right? Jesus said it again in the next scripture in in verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he has found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had, and he bought it. When you got a right appraisal of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you will worship. And when you begin to worship, you're going to get leaky. You're going to leak out on other people. You're going to just spray them when they come around you. You're not going to be able to help it. It's going to be automatic. It's going to happen. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning.
If you're comfortable, and you might be new this morning, and this might not be comfortable, it's perfectly fine. Please just stay where you're at. But if you're comfortable, I want us to come up together. And all we're going to do is I just want to come up around this area, and we're just going to worship together. We're just going to sing. That's all we're going to do. I'm not going to ask you to do anything else. I want you to meditate and contemplate on God. That's all. That's all you're going to do this morning. You don't have to say anything if you don't want to. You don't even have to sing if you don't want to. But what I want you to do, I want you to make your way up front. And I want you to ask yourself one question. Just one question only. That's it. How many can handle one question this morning, right? How many like what, a, a test that's one question? <laughs> well, that's good and bad, I guess, right? It's pass or fail. Um, scratch that analogy, all right? Let me ask you one question. If you want, just keep moving up, all right? Act like you like each other. Come on, do it. Just ask yourself, what's, what's my appraisal of God? What do I really believe God's worth in my life? You'll understand your worship level when you answer that question. It will cut away everything else. It'll cut away the, the excuses. It'll cut away the, the circumstances. It'll, it'll just literally tear everything else away. What do I think God is worth in my life? Right? Because you got a value on that. You have a value on that. You do. You either believe he's infinite worth. You believe he's somewhere in between. Right? And how I know if we get in between, we worship sometimes and sometimes we don't. Come on. I've done it. Right? I get looking at natural stuff and, and I'm not focused on Him. You can be in the, in the middle of the natural. And if you understand His worth, you will praise Him. I've watched people do it. My watch is talking to me. All right? You ready? Ask yourself the one question. You probably already did. What is my value? What is my appraisal of God? What is my appraisal of Jesus? Worship matters. You're never going to step into the spiritual. You're never going to leak out on other people. You just won't. Your intellect's not going to do it, right? Your charisma's not going to do it, none of it. It'll be very short-lived. We get caught in that all the time. It's short-lived. If you meet somebody who worships God, they leak on other people. It just happens. All right, I'm asking you to bow your heads. You could be at the East Shore campus. You could be listening online. You could be in the house this morning here in Carlisle. What's he worth? What's he worth? What's your appraisal? If you had to put a dollar amount on it, I know it's easy to give the quick answer, but answer honestly to yourself. Father, we come to you today, grateful, thankful, Holy Spirit. I thank you for bringing the word alive. I thank you that it is a living word. I thank you that you spoke and moved on men, and, 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 they, and it was the inspired truth of God that came forward. And Lord, we come just asking ourselves one question this morning. We ask ourselves, Lord, what is your value in our eyes? And we ask it honestly, we answer it honestly, because we want to come and worship you this morning. We want to come with hearts, Lord, to, that are realizing who you really are, that you are the wheel in the wheel. God, that you are the bright morning star. God, that you're the one. God, who will take us from glory to glory to glory. God, that your mercies are new every morning in you. God, help us to see that it is infinite value. There's nothing else that's even close. Nothing. God, that we might worship you. God, that we might lift you up. 
Come on, Zach. Is there, is there worship? You just sing a song. Thank you for tuning in to this message from Lifehouse Church. We pray that you were impacted powerfully by this message. If you have been personally affected by our ministry and you would like to partner with us as we love God, love people every day, visit our website at www.lifehousecog.com.